Welcome into the second episode of Up Your Units. I'm your host, Colby Marcio, and today we're going to dive right into the U.S. Open. But do I know tennis? Hell no. So we're bringing on none other than Danny Clovinger from Live on the Line and the Tennis Channel. Danny, hello. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. First and foremost, I'm a little upset that I wasn't your first guest, but I'll let that one slide because I learned something today, how to say your last name properly. I've been saying it. You said it on air incorrectly today? No, I never said it on air. I did not. But to friends and what, if I would have just said your last name, I would have said it wrong. So we're even, but I'm very excited to teach you tennis. Correct. You just ask. Yeah, because when you said my name last last week on Friday, I'm like, she has no right. idea how to say my last name. <laughs> sure does not. Sure oh does not. But you know what? As someone that has a very difficult last name, I can appreciate uh, – well, 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 I, I can't appreciate now, it, actually. People say my last name wrong all the time. variation of name someone said? Like, well, how, how bad did somebody butcher your name? Klupanger. Klupanger. Oh. I, I got like Marshalino. One. They added letters. There's no. There's no end. <laughs> okay, well, at least I can no read. There's no end either. Yeah, at least I can read. <laughs> All right, Danny. I'm so excited to teach you tennis, Colby. Let, For the people let's that are listening, it. that is the only reason Danny is here. She's going to teach oh. you and I, you the listener, and me, the dumb host, about tennis. So, Danny, without further ado, what is your process when you go into possibly wagering on tennis? Well, I really like to look at matchups, and that makes it extremely, extremely difficult for somebody that doesn't know anything about tennis, because if you just look at names, they just look like names to you, right? So maybe find a reason to be invested in somebody. So if I'm assuming most of your listeners are American, so let's just take American this tennis This is a worldwide players, podcast. Example. Do not disrespect would, me like that. Okay, worldwide podcast, but let's take Americans as an example, okay? The books will list them with their flag next to it. It'll say USA. So maybe look for a player that's American. Then maybe Google how they've been doing. So throw their name into the Google search, and it will come up with the results of their last few tournaments. And they break it down like any other normal tournament. You've got the first round, the second round, third round, quarterfinals, semifinals, you get the gist. And it will tell you how far they went. And then there's also a very cool tool. ATP Tour is what the men's tennis, professional tennis league is called. WTA is what the women's professional tennis league is called. And both of their websites will actually give you the head-to-heads of every single player matchup that could possibly happen. So if you type in uh, Tommy Paul, is playing Francis Tiafo, H2H, head-to-head. It will come up with all the times they've ever played each other on tour, what the score was, if it went three sets, two sets, how many times they won, if it was on hard court, clay, or grass as well. They'll tell you all that information right there in front of you. Now you can make an educated now, wager. Now, see, that's just – That's That's one. beautiful because I would have never known that, and I've been on that website numerous times. To get headshots. <laughs> the H2H throws it. Yeah, just the headshots. Also, fun fact, because some of you may be aspiring broadcasters and you want to talk about tennis, there's also a little teeny tiny circle on their bio page with a speaker next to it. And if you click it, it's them saying their name. I think every so website you will always pronounce that. it correctly. I agree. It's pretty Athletes cool. Athletes Unlimited has it too. But 
it's not a bad idea to make sure that everybody says their name right. I think it's great. Um, so once you get the idea of a matchup, then my favorite types of wagers, uh, I, I might be different than someone else, but I really liked looking at mm-hmm. games who could out, who's going to win outright. So money lines, obviously, and then sets. And, um, if you think that something is going to go the distance, like three set matches, then that's always going to be in plus money. So if you are someone that likes to get seduced by the juice, uh, that's a really fun one. You'll see me do that, uh, on bold and disputable on our live on the line show all the time. Um, but also the way you look at games is all the numbers that you see on the screen added up together. It'll be over or under the set line that the sports book has it at. Does that make I'm learning. sense? I'm learning. Does so what would be your like would you suggest money lines for like someone that's starting out or would you say go to like a pro- game prop or something? Someone that's starting out, I would say probably start with some money lines, but the problem in tennis is that there is a huge disparity on level of play. Mm-hmm. So especially in early rounds, you're going to have seated some of the best players in the world playing some of people that are just starting to make their mark. Maybe they're like outside of the top 100. So your odds are going to be awful. So you're not going to be able to find value on those matches. So that's why I bring up the games market or straight sets, um, like how many sets they're going to win in and how many games they're going to win in. Because then you can find a little bit more value there. Now, not to jump ahead, but since you're mentioning sets, I might as well just ask now. When betting on sets, are there more four or five sets in the beginning of the tournament than later on? I would say it depends. It really does. It's matchup specific. But let me let me explain something for people that don't know. Most every single tournament for tennis, both men and women play three mm-hmm. sets, best of three sets. So if you win two, you're, you win, uh, right? But when you go to the slams, the men all of a sudden play five sets matches. The women still play three. So, you know, that's where it gets to open up a little bit riskier, Mm -hmm. juicier wagers when you're looking at three, four, or five sets. You know they're for sure going to play three because best of five would be three, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But Quick math. (laughs) The five set, if you can call something to go five sets, that's extremely juicy. Now, I would say that five set matches typically happen later in the Mm -hmm. tournaments because they're starting to get more and more competitive. Now people have more confidence as they're moving through the bracket. Um, People are starting to play. The seeds are starting to match up against Mm -hmm. one another. And so that makes for more competitive tennis. So because of that, I would start to lean towards those four or five set picks um, a bit later on in the tournament. Now, if you are one of those type of people that just want to have crazy plus money. Well, you can also, if you have an opinion on the money line, who's going to win, you can also pick that person to win in a certain amount of sets. Sometimes if you just want to wager on this one's going to go four sets, but I want to pick a winner. That'll still go plus money. But if you say, I think Novak Djokovic is going to win in five sets and that exactly happens, it's going to be an even higher, juicier value for you. So um, you can really start to be a bit creative with it, but I highly suggest looking up those matchups beforehand. Mentioning the GOAT, might as well just hop right into the tournament already. Mentioning the GOAT, Novak Djokovic, and then obviously Carlos Alcarez. Outside of the two, should we be looking at anybody else to win it all? 
yes. I There's always value because in slams, you just never mm-hmm. know. The reason that the greats are as good as they are is because five set matches, it's really difficult for a player that's not as high of a caliber as the great ones to keep up that level of consistency across a five-set match. You'll see a lot more upsets in three-set matches because maybe you're just having a great day and you all of a sudden play better than someone that's supposedly on paper way better Mm -hmm. than you, so that you'll see a lot more upsets. In slams, you see a a little bit less of that because of the fact that it's such a long match, the five-set the five set, the- not theory, but um, platform. So to answer your question, I would say that Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz are your two best bets for sure. They're up there for a reason. And I do believe right now you can get Novak Djokovic to win at plus money mm-hmm. and Carlos Alcaraz to win at plus money, which is they're not, they're not maybe too worth sexy taking of numbers, a look at. But they're plus money. No, they are plus money. Exactly. Not the sexiest. So if you wanted to take a look at a couple flyers, I would take a look at people that have won slams before. That means they have been able to hold uh, their game at a level high enough to walk away with a trophy at a slam um, or guys that have been really close that are finished in finals or semifinals. So someone, Sasha Zverev, Alexander Zverev, I do believe he's on the board at plus 3,300. He's very good on hard courts. He uh, has been playing much better tennis, made it to the semifinals of the French Open this year after getting hurt at the same stage last year. He's kind of on a comeback tour. He's a really hard hitter. He's someone you could pay attention to. Um. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that currently stands out in terms of tennis right now. There are people that can beat anybody on any given day. The fun thing is, is that BetMGM has these wagers, these futures where you can bet who's going to get out of their quadrant. So, you know, when you look at a, at a bracket, yeah. they're called a draw in tennis. But when you look at a bracket, there's four different quadrants and you can pick who's going to make it to the semifinals out of that quadrant. And that's where you can start to find some value because I actually do think when it's all said and done, we're going to have a Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic final barring any injuries. Now, is that the same for the women's side is, Ooh, here's my first attempt at this name, Danny. Shavantek and Sabablanca. Did I say it right? Okay. Very very good. You did. You did. You did not, but that's okay. You were very close. Say it for me. (laughs) Sviantek. Sviantek. Yep. Right, no. There's no W, but but it's yeah, and there's no SH either. But that is Polish for you, Sviantek. If people butcher I speak my name, I'll butcher two yours. languages: English. Yeah, English and tennis names. Those are the two languages I speak, and that's it. Uh, Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka. That one's that one's pretty that one's much the fun name to say. It's spelled the way it's said. It is a fun one. Um, I actually think that Sabalenka is a better choice than Iga Sviantek in this one. Iga Sviantek is the defending champion. She's been the world number one for 73, now maybe 74 straight weeks, which is a long, 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 long time. Um, she, but I had the luxury of being able to go to a couple tournaments leading into the U.S. Open. And in Montreal, she didn't play her best tennis. She lost there early and not early, but she lost 
without winning the tournament. And this girl wins all the time. So that was shocking. She doesn't lose often. And then she also lost to Coco Goff, an American, in Cincinnati. And she's the defending champion. I think there's just a ton of pressure that comes with that. And although she's used to having pressure being the world number one, I just don't think she's been playing her best tennis recently. So I would actually stay away from Mika Sviantek in this one. I actually like Arena Sabalenka's path to the final mm-hmm. better. She could potentially run into Jessica Pagula. Now, for those of you that are American football fans, I say this all the time. Pagula owns the Buffalo Bills. Her family does. And so she's going to have a lot of fans. She's American. She's top three in the world. But for whatever reason, Jess Pagula cannot get past a dang quarterfinal at a slam. She never has in her entire career. So she's I have a really so it hard time. Like she's due. You know what? What is it at? Jessica Pagula to win her quadrant. Do you oh, have it? Pull it up. Oh, wait. Is it, Should MG- I look it, up is for it you? MGM down? Or I'll see if it's on. Yeah, it's it down. I'll see if it's on DraftKings. Women's. I think BetMGM is still down. I just went to open it. They're going to be losing some money pretty soon if they don't get that done. No kidding, because I wanted to put quite a bit of money <laughs> on, on some of these matches today. Uh, tournament props. Uh, futures? Futures. Quarter winner? I could probably do it out of... I can't find it. Off the top of my head. That's fine. I do believe that she was – you could take Coco Goff to win her quadrant and reach the semifinals for a plus 400, I believe, which was decent mm-hmm. value there for her. I actually don't think she's going to win it all, but she probably has the best chance out of an American. But you are talking about Jessica Pagula making it out of her quadrant. I believe it would probably be somewhere between plus 300 and plus 500 for her to make it to the semifinals, especially knowing all of the history. So if you are saying she's due, maybe she is too. Now, for the complete psychos out there that want chaos and massive underdogs, which side has the Mm -hmm. most parity? Definitely the women. I love that. Uh, I love that. Marketa Vondrosova just won Wimbledon, and we weren't even – I've never even interviewed her because, like, she's never – She's never been a big name at these tournaments, mm-hmm. um, and she just came out of nowhere and was able to play such high-quality tennis on the grass, and she came out of literally nowhere. Like, I need to go back and look at her odds to win Wimbledon. They would have been, like, completely off the board. You want to talk about a flyer? Was she, was she mean, someone that was, flyer. like, hot, or was it really just out of the blue? She was not No, that. out of the blue. But that goes back to the fact that they're just three three-set matches. Yeah. Three set matches are just more competitive because it just takes a player with some confidence and and they start rolling and adrenaline going. And then all of a sudden, uh, these best players that are supposed to on paper beat these lower ranked players. It isn't happening just because of that confidence. It's a little different in the men's game with that five set match. We've already seen it a couple times today where the better player has lost the first set, but they come back and win next three. It's just frustrating for those, for those guys. If that was a three set match, uh, that underdog would be just this close. So I would definitely pay attention to the women's side for the underdogs to come out victorious, pulling up some upsets. In fact, we just saw one happen. Sloan Stevens, an American who's won the U S open just lost in the first round to Beatrice Haddad Maya in three sets. So, you know, these things can happen and when they do, it's very exciting. It's a great payout. 
Um, if you see something that looks juicy to you or looks enticing to you, I would just do a little bit of research. It's just like a quick, quick little Google search on how well someone has been playing. And you can just see in their past couple tournaments, if it looks like they have some momentum, then pick the upset. So we should be expecting more upsets on the women's side than the men's? For sure. For sure. I never think that the women's side is really set in stone, which is, um, makes it quite, quite fun. The men's side, just because of these five set matches, it's a, it's much more difficult, but I hate, you can never say never because the four seed Mm -hmm. literally got knocked out today, uh, in the men's side of the U S open, a Spaniard beat Holger Runa, which means nothing to you, but a tennis fan, that's a big deal. So they're talking about Holger Runa being one of the next best greats and he's losing in the first round of the U S open. That was pretty shocking. And I can only imagine that that had to be about a plus 1000 or more underdog that won today, Mm -hmm. which is like you said, if someone is really crazy and wants that, I look, you can find places that it could work. I get it. I get it. We talked about this yesterday. What Americans have a chance in this tournament? This is actually a really exciting time for American tennis, so I'm glad you asked. Um, There's three American men inside the top 15. You've got a couple guys just right inside the top 40 as well. So on the men's side, it's very exciting. It's been a long time since an American has lifted the trophy, especially at the U.S. Open. It's been a long time since an American has won a slam. So this is the Mm -hmm. best time. Here are the guys. I'm going to tell you about them. Francis Tiafo. do you believe he's finishing up his match? Now, yes, made it to the semifinals last year at the U.S. Open. That's when he became kind of this household name. The problem with Francis Tiafo right now is his lead-in tournaments, the last couple tournaments, he hasn't played well. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure on him. He was able to play another American here in this opener. I need to check on the score here, but I'm sure I did see he had a two-set lead, so I'm sure he was able to close that out, if, if not closing it out right now. Um, but that'll be a nice little confidence booster, get him going into the tournament. So Francis Tiafo has a lot – this is new for you, Colby – has a lot of points to defend. So what I mean by that – I'm learning. Yeah, let me teach you what this means for the ranking system. This is <laughs> – welcome to Tennis 101. The reason the players are ranked where they Please are – <laughs> The reason the players teach are the ranked where they are is because they win these tournaments. And these tournaments, at every single level of a tournament that you get into – quarterfinals, semifinals, final, winning your first match, you get a certain allotment of points to your overall total for the year, okay? And then when you go back to that same tournament the following year, you have to at least reach that same level that you were at or you're going to lose points. So Francis Tiafo has a lot of points to defend here in his ranking because he made it all the way to the semifinal last year. So if he loses in the first round, his ranking is going to drop a lot because he's going to lose so many points off of it's his their own stock. It's their own. Exactly. It's like, God, I'm stock. Quick learner. Look exactly. At that. Yeah. Look at you. I went to college quick on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know, where'd you go? No, I'm just kidding. Shout out to the, I have two degrees. Shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> were they uh, worth it? Just we'll so much. You probably just talk so much. Your teachers were like, just get him out of my class. Here's his passing grade. <laughs> that was, that was everything <laughs> until high school. I'm just now, kidding, go, now I need all, to let the people no know that I – go ahead. What? Well, I was just going to tell you there's a couple other Americans. So Francis oh, yeah, Yapo is one. Tommy yeah. Paul is two. Tommy Paul is very exciting. He, unlike Francis Yapo, was playing 
tremendous tennis leading into mm-hmm. the U.S. Open. This is the highest seed he's ever played at, Your going friend, into right? a slam. Tommy Paul? Yeah. I adore Tommy Paul. Chris Eubanks is my pal, though. He's the one oh, that's the that one. I – that's the one. Um, but Tommy Paul, he uh, – if you are into influencers, he's dating Paige Lorenz, which is a big uh, hot topic. Uh, look, if there's any females listening, Paige Hopefully. Lorenz. You want to do a Hopefully. quick Instagram search, Colby, because she's, she's quite pretty. What's her name? Paige Lorenz. Paige. She uh, is – a very gorgeous blonde. Anyways, Tommy Paul's doing just mighty fine off the court in his dating life. On the court, he's also playing on fire. He beat Carlos Alcaraz a couple weeks ago, and he that's a really tough task to do. So he's been playing some hot tennis. Yep, she's very pretty. Fantastic brows, girlfriend. Fantastic. <laughs> do you do the third? Paint? If Wait, not, was- <laughs> let me know where you're going. The top American, though, and I didn't mention him yet, is Taylor Fritz. And um, he lost in the first round of the U.S. Open last year. That was very embarrassing and really tough for him to swallow. So I do believe that he's going to come back extra motivated uh, to have a better performance than last year. Really, he just needs to win one match for that to be better. But look, we've got a bunch of Americans to pay attention to. Mackie McDonald to pay attention to here in a little bit. Um, it's a very exciting time. And on the women's side, there's two top uh, 10 players that are American on the women's side, Jessica Bagula, I just mentioned her and Coco Goff and Coco Goff just won the tournament leading into the U S open the master or the 1000 level tournament. So she's got the momentum. She's hot. She's got a lot of pressure on her, but I think she can rise to the occasion. Did I mention she's 19? Yeah. What are I, you doing was, at 19? Almost dropping out of college. <laughs> <laughs> but yet the guys, two, two degrees, two guys. degrees, two degrees. <laughs> Two chains, two degrees. <laughs> now tell me more about Coco, this overachieving Coco. young lady. Yes. You can get her to win the entire stinking tournament at plus 700, I do believe, um, unless it's moved. It was that who's last your, week. Who's I'm your not dark sure horse woman before we go on to Jessica Gula? My dark horse would be Coco. How dark? I don't know if that's a super dark horse because she is one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. If you want to go super far like what's down the that naughtiest line? dark horse you could name right now that you're like, I might put a dollar on this. Carolina Mokova. All right. Let me find her. <laughs> yeah, find her. Carolina Mokova made it to the final of the French Open, which is on clay, but she made it to the final of Cincinnati, which is on hardcore. She's and like I fifth. do believe <laughs> she's fifth? No way. No way. <laughs> she's one, two. <laughs> Two, Read it though. Four. Is it plus twenty five hundred or something? It has Carolina, to be Carolina, right? Yes, Carolina. Yes. Or oh, Carolina. Sorry, sixteen hundred. Okay, it was twenty five hundred last week. So people are, are starting six. to pay She's attention a little six. bit more. <laughs> okay. Read the next. Read ten and below. Read ten to fifteen, and I'll tell you if any One, of them two, are worth three, it. Four, five, six. Uh, Ons Jabur. Okay, great. What's she at? 18. And then you got Marquetta. Oh, I'm not going there. Vondrosova. That's the Wimbledon finalist. I just, or the Wimbledon winner I just told you about. There's a lot of letters that my brain gets terrified. She's at plus 2,000. And then you have... You know what? I can stop you. I can stop you. I can stop you with the two that you just mentioned. I want to name this Andre person. I want to push this. Okay. Samsonova. Oh, Samsonova. But yeah, you're very close. Actually... What's she at? 4,000. 
Yeah, I mean, worth a dollar. Worth a dollar. She's very good 40. on the surface. Yeah, she's very good on the surface. The other one, Anja Jabir, that you mentioned, was mm-hmm. a finalist last year at the U.S. Open. She made the final. So I believe you just said a, plus 1,800. A lot of juice. A lot of juice to get seduced yeah. by. She also made the Wimbledon final where she lost to Marquetta Vondrosova. So she's up there. <laughs> tennis names. You just can't with these names. Tennis names and like hockey names, they're just, they put your mind in they're a pretzel. A whole nother level. Yeah, I agree. It is. It takes a while to, to really have them become fluent and roll off your tongue. It's more practice. intimidating <laughs> and nerve wracking than I'm going to disrespect somebody, but I'm sorry. Your name is tough. They're very, they're used to it. They're very used to it. Hopefully they, they can laugh about it. Most <laughs> yeah, of them, I think so. most, most of them do. are, most of them are foreign. So they can just be like, oh, this is just another dumb American. I'll take that on the chin. Exactly. I'll take it on the exactly. chin. I only know exactly. one language, you know, six. I'll take, I'll I take. have to, I have to speak their names correctly just because I'm on the tennis channel, but yeah. I think you can get away with it. How, how many people were you just like, um, you couldn't get their name right for the longest time. Who's the one person? I'll tell you a story. So when I went to my audition for tennis channel mm-hmm. about six or seven years ago, um, I went in and they just needed me to do these reports that were like two minutes long. Basically when you go to the gas station, you fill up the gas and the person starts speaking. It was like one of those, um, type of reports. And they gave me a a couple names that they wanted me to like regurgitate, say back to them. Alina Spitalina was one of them. And that's a a cool name. Alina Svit. It flows. Yeah, but it didn't flow when you literally for the first time. Yeah, now. (laughs) But the first time that was said to me, I looked at them like they were crazy. And I needed to see it written. Like I'm more of a phonetically like driven person. Like I need to see it for Mm -hmm. me to say it. And they just kept trying to have me repeat after them. And I just could not do it. So they actually asked me to come back the next day. So I did, I came, I went and studied everybody's name, wrote them all out fanatically, <laughs> the top 50 of the men and the women. I went back and somehow they let me on tennis channel after that. But, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty from the get go for sure. Now, before you go, the people need your picks for the U S open. Okay. They need your future and they need what you have for the week so far. Oh gosh. What anything coming week? up. Okay. Give the people well, the stank. <laughs> you are absurd. Okay. Well, let's, let's have a little bit of fun here. Let's see what's scheduled for, when is this coming out, Colby? Tomorrow, the next day? Tonight. Tonight. Tonight, okay. Monday, well, the Monday's 28th. Matches, Monday's matches are off the board for oh, me because yeah. so, they're almost, they're getting, they're getting through, through mm-hmm. the day here. So to win the tournament, I do believe Novak Djokovic is going to win the tournament um, on the men's side. I do believe you can get him at plus 125. If you were going to get a flyer, a baby flyer, Yannick Sinner is probably the fourth one on that list. I would take him. And if you wanted a super flyer, I would take Zverev. I do believe he's at plus 3,300, which is tremendous, tremendous value. He is. He is. So those are the men that I would take a look at. On the women's side, I think Arena Sabalenka has a chance to win it. She's a world number two. If she does win it, I do believe she takes over that world number one ranking for the first time in her career. Plus 500. And see, 
And you can get her at some nice juicy numbers. Look, she actually won the Australian Open at the beginning of the year, which is also on hard court. So same. She's got 11 titles on hard court. So strong, strong pick there. Um, a couple others I would throw at you would be a Coco Goff because she's an American and she has been playing tremendous tennis. She's up there. And since I gave you three for the men, let me give you three for the women because you were a little pouty about my um, Carolina Mukova pick a second ago. So we'll do the Anjabor. I'll put my name and stamp it to it. Anjabor is another option there. She's made it to the nice. final of now three Grand Slams. So I would roll with her. Now let's look at what's on the docket for tomorrow because guess what? A bunch of Americans are playing. Venus Williams is Ooh. playing. Jessica Bagula is playing. We just talked about her. Family owns now, both. Jessica is, Bagula. Can Venus still play? Because the time yes. we, we gambled on her, she looked like she couldn't move. And guess what? A couple she weeks ago, back. Cincinnati beat a top 20 player for the first time in four years. Top 20. God. So, yes, she has it in her. I thought she was uh, going to retire after that match. It was but guess horrendous. What? Guess what? She's playing a qualifier. That means there's a whole tournament that goes on before the U.S. Open happens. You have to qualify to make the main draw because you're just lower ranked. Mm -hmm. And she's playing a qualifier. So great position for Venus Williams to get a victory there. And Jessica Bagula, I actually think you, you can find value on her match because she's playing Camilla Giorgi, who is an Italian, and she's a pretty sneaky good Italian player. So I bet you that grabbing Jesse Bagula to win um, is probably a – better decent value than it typically would be on a Bagula first round match. But you, you can still get Venus probably Williams, need to pair it. You can yeah? get Venus Williams at plus 125 on DraftKings and the match starts at 4.30 Tuesday evening. I would take it. Take it. Do you see Jessica Bagula's on there? Curious. Pagula. Uh, she is minus 500. So you parlay those two together. And Ooh, what do we get? Probably, we get probably takes it down a little bit. One seventy. Let's not do that. That's not worth no. anything. How about this? I'll give you. I'll give you another <laughs> American because I'm on the American tennis uh, circuit right bandwagon. now. Bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon. John Isner, six foot ten or eleven. Is, one of how those. is he moving? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is he moving? Minus two seventy. Okay, so I would. Can you pair him with Venus? And well, yeah, I think Venus by herself at plus one twenty five is is pretty nice. Two oh eight. Oh, not bad. What about J Big John Isner? See, here it goes to win in straight sets. So in oh. three sets. Now you're finding value there. Let's check See, John out. Isner is actually calling it a wrap on his career after this uh, U.S. Open. He is retiring. So I do believe he's going to give it everything he has to win at least one more match at a slam. And he's got a nice little opportunity here for his matchup. Facundo Diaz Acosta. John Isner to win at least two sets. No? What the? No? To win in three. Usually it says three dash zero, meaning he's going to win three sets and the next person is going to win zero. Mm -hmm. if, if the BetMGM app, Bet app was working, yeah, I could easily easy. find this yeah. for you. I'm what very a bad sorry. day. What a bad day for uh, 
Would it be the okay. spread? I can almost, would it be the spread? I can almost guarantee you if he's at minus 270, you said, on the money line. Is that what you said? Yeah. Would, would minus two and a half be the, the set for spread? That's a game spread. So what is so, – now, for the listeners and mostly me, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you. So there are five sets, but every time you see um, – it's very difficult to explain tennis. Tennis is very difficult to grasp. Games are within a set. So you have to win six games to win the set. Mm-hmm. but you have to win by two. Mm-hmm. So if it's five to five, you have to win seven to five for there to, for you to win the set. Now there's no eight to five. That doesn't happen. What happens is, is if, when you're at six, six, there's a tiebreaker and mm-hmm. the person that wins the tiebreaker wins that set. So sometimes it'll say seven, six, and that's because they won in the tiebreaker. But if it, the score is seven, six in the first set, Seven plus six is 13. So that's 13 games. If the next set, someone wins six to one, that's seven games. So 13 plus seven is 20. So when you look at the total games and it said 21 and a half, 20 would be the under. That makes sense? I'm learning. It's much easier to show written. It's a probably yeah, I, difficult for your live. listeners to be able to find it. But basically, look at the score bug and count all the numbers together and add them together. Add them up. And that's the total amount of games. And your game spread, if it's minus two and a half, that means what? That John Isner is going to win by three games or more. When it's this all is, said and this done. is a lot of information. I told you before we started, <laughs> I wrote in the segments, uh, teach us a wise one. I'm going to fail this class. It's, it's <laughs> I think difficult. I might drop it. It's, I might drop You know what? <laughs> the number one thing I would tell you when betting tennis is maybe understand tennis just like a little bit. Understand the scoring. I would start there. I should well, have backed up. We're in about this to be bet. playing understand pickleball in two works. hours. It's the same thing. Uh, not in two hours, Colby, in one hour. And I hope uh, you're ready to gross. lose. What'd you say? It I froze. said we're it playing froze. in one hour, and I hope you're ready to lose. Yes, it's the same rules. It's it's the same thing. I can grasp grasp pickleball, so that automatically means I can grasp tennis. Simple math. All you have to do is add all the numbers up on the TV screen. <laughs> That's how many games there are. They're like. Two plus three plus five plus six. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is your best bet of this tournament as of right now? We'll mm-hmm. leave with that. We'll leave with that. What is your, like, this is my favorite play? Novak Djokovic to win. Plus I knew that you were going to say that. Coco Goff. Coco Goff. No, nope, that's not I, my favorite. That's your that's favorite. Your second. That works. That Coco works. Goff, let's go. Come on. Yeah, support the gas. Novak Djokovic. The guy got kicked out of the United States for years because he wasn't vaccinated. He's coming back ready to prove to everybody that he's still the big dog. He's not losing. There's no way. Big dog's on top. Big dog. He's going to teach everybody else how to woof. You're right. (laughs) Well, Danny, this has been one of my favorite lessons ever. (laughs) (laughs) Have you actually learned anything? We'll test him out tomorrow. Oh, I have to. Well, the, the way my brain works, I have to gamble on it, and then I'll learn it. Like I taught myself hockey, sort of. I know how to gamble on hockey. 
Then good, well, you can teach it, me that. that. I was just gonna say it'll be an equal trade-off. There we go. There's always value in hockey. There's Especially always value the in tennis. There's always value in every sport. Or if you want to go like our colleague Michael Montgomery, there's a winning bet every night. You just have to pick the right one. Exactly. That's great advice and very Monty <laughs> advice if you knew him. <laughs> Danny, thank you so much. This has been everything I thought it would be and more. See you on the court, girly.